Michael, this is all very confusing. This is On Markets, presented by Darwin Asset Management and Darwin Wealth Management, the podcast where we decrypt and demystify economic, financial, and other investing concepts in 20 minutes or less. I'm Remy, and as usual, I have Mike and Tina with me today. So today we're discussing the future of tech and how everyone can participate in its growth, even if you're not the next Steve Jobs. So if you have any questions, comments, or just want to shout out on the show, email comments at onmarkets.com or hit me up directly at remy at onmarkets.com. That's R-E-M-Y at onmarkets.com. And as always, if you like the show, don't forget to hit the follow button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. Okay, guys, let's talk about bleeding edge technology, or as some might say, technology that's going to change the world. So from an investment standpoint, when we hear technology that's going to change the world, we automatically think software or you know, a new cell phone or something that has buttons on it or you know, microprocessors in it. But from an investment standpoint, I think about technology in a completely different way. Is it uh, what's, what's going to really change healthcare? Um, energy, uh, financial services, all these different parts of the economy, they get touched by technology because it, it, today, technology really affects every single sector, every single company in so many different ways. So f- with that context, sure, within technology, you think about like cybersecurity, uh, internet of things. Uh, I mean, I'll ask you both. I mean, I, you know, I, I moved into a new house six months ago and I just checked my wireless router a couple of days ago. I've got something like 31 devices connected to my wireless network you know it's i've got amazing, everything from it? it is yeah i have one of those eero mesh networks in the house and it has an app right and you open the app and it shows you each access point and what's connected to it and there's like 35 40 45 things on there that you don't, you just wouldn't even realize and that's what we call internet of things and wild things too like your refrigerator or your or your washing machine it's like yeah you yeah, know you're, you're, my washing machine connects to wi-fi i have no idea why i don't use it for anything i don't know why i need my washing machine to tell me that it's not washing clothes anymore i mean i can hear it but but it's there it's funny that you mentioned that because we uh we just put in new melee uh, washer and dryer and i was playing with the with the app and stuff and every now and then i'll be sitting here at the office and I'll get a push notification on my phone that says your laundry is ready, right? I kind of like that. It makes it feel important. Yeah, right? It's, it's funny. I, I guess I misspoke then. Maybe I need to set up my, my washing machine. It kind of makes you feel good about yourself. And that's, this, look, this has just started. I mean, you think about where the Internet of Things is heading or what we call IoT. I mean, this is a, a nascent, growing part of the technology sector that is going to be a multi, multi-billion dollar source of not just revenue, but also innovation for, for, for companies for, for the next decade. You know, you could look at um, some, of the, some of the artificial intelligence, and I'm not talking about Skynet Terminator outcomes. I'm talking about like actual artificial intelligence and the robotics that are making companies more efficient and more effective. I mean, that, that's just technology. I mean, you could, you could bounce around pretty quickly. I mean, look what's going on in clean energy. I mean, look, 10 years ago, I was, I was probably one of the biggest critics out there for clean energy, not because I'm against it. It just, I felt like this is a government subsidized waste of time. It's never going to take off. Today, I'm eating my words. I mean, this is a viable industry and this is something that is going, it's got momentum, you know? So when I think about technology that's going to change the world from an investment standpoint, it's very exciting for another reason is that it's recession resistant. You know, during March and April of, of, of 2020, you know, I don't think the brilliant scientists curing cancer outside of Boston went home. You know, I, I was living out in Silicon Valley at that time. I can tell you the people were still working. And that's, from, like I said, from an investment standpoint, it's very exciting to tie yourself to this type of innovation and growth. 
So how do you know which of these things, though, right? You always hear about these things, and how do you know which of them will be adopted? It's it's really, you know, we've talked a bit about things like NFTs and, and crypto, right? And, and I've said it a number of times on this podcast that, you know, I don't, I don't know what it's going to do. I feel like it's going to do something. I feel like it's going to be revolutionary. I just don't have any idea how, right? And I feel like sometimes these things come out and they do become revolutionary. And sometimes, you know, we have this, this phenomenal anticipation for something and it turns into nothing. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you think about separating the winners from the losers when it comes to investing. It's those that, that have had that eye, right? It's being able to see something like NFTs. A lot of times you invest in something. I mean, this is the venture capital world we're talking about. Investing in an idea that you don't really know what it's, what it's going to do, but you know it's going to be big. I mean, go back to the dot-com craziness, right? Back then, I thought it was interesting because we all knew the internet was going to be big, but clearly we didn't know how. And, and it was a lot of challenges to figure out how to monetize and how to build out the internet revolution. I think today, what's very exciting from an investment standpoint is I don't know who's going to be the winner in clean energy. I don't know who's going to be the winner in fintech and some of these other areas that we invest in. But because of the advent of ETFs and other types of funds, I don't have to pick winners. I can invest in a theme. And over time, I'm investing in a theme, not necessarily who's going to win that theme. And that's, that's really fun to do these days. I feel like these things take a long time to catch on, though, a lot of them, right? I, you know, I've always been, or maybe not so much anymore, but when I was younger, I was always a, a bit of a, what I would say, a bleeding edge guy when it comes to technology, right? If I see something come out, I could get in, I could be a beta tester for something. I always sort of jumped on board, right? And I have all these stories I love to tell people. I was a beta tester for the Nest thermostat and all this stuff. But for every one of those stories, you know, I probably bought into 10 things that became nothing that I was completely convinced were going to be great, right? I remember there was something called the Boxy Box that I thought was the greatest thing I had ever seen. Basically, it was a Roku, except it came out 25 years ago, right? Or 20 years ago, whatever it was. And I was telling anybody who would listen about this stupid Boxy Box thing. And, you know, the company went belly up. Uh, or that coin, remember, remember that coin card thing? That we yeah. That was so cool. Somebody came out with a credit card that essentially you could program all of the information on your credit, any of your credit I cards I remember those. Into, right? Yeah. You could push a button. And, and the magnetic stripe somehow transmitted the information for each credit card. So you had one credit card that carried all the information for everything. And I think, you know, it just went south. Just locked, destroyed it. came out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A year after they launched it. and just crushed it. Right. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it completely flopped, you know. So the irony behind Mike's comment about his, his love for technology is that technology couldn't <laughs> feel more opposite about him. <laughs> it's a one-way street. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a one-way street. Technology hates Mike. I always say that uh, you know when the Terminators come to take over the world, they're looking up Mike's address first. Unrequited love, a hundred percent. You call that? Oh, that is funny. But listen, Remy, you'll probably remember when you were a kid. But I got a TiVo, right? Way early on, way early before anybody had a TiVo, and I would tell anybody that would listen about this stupid TiVo. This is the greatest thing I'd ever seen, and people would be like, "Yeah, I got a VCR." And I'm like, no, 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 it's not a VCR. This is nothing like a VCR. You don't understand. And they were like, what's wrong with this guy? How could he be so excited about a VCR? Yeah, they thought you I mean, were selling TiVos great... on the side. Yeah, I, yeah, I should have. Yeah, I was, I, was a, I, was a huge, uh, I was a huge ambassador for TiVo. And that one caught on. I mean, that wasn't the boxy box of the coin thing. I mean, that one, you know, it's dead now, but it was a, but it was a thing for quite some time. But let's, let's use your TiVo example, Mike, because I remember when they first came out, I was, I was in college and, and I just, I didn't frankly see the point to some degree. And, 
And I think I was on the other side of that. Yeah. You were the, you were the guy that was frustrating me at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, and then I got it right. So I got it a couple of years later, I was out of school and I'll never forget. I was, I used to watch college football back then cause I was young and, and, um, I remember just being frustrated at times because I was watching a game, you know, it was a big play about to happen. And I had to, you know, I had to go to the bathroom or get another beer or whatever it was. And I just, I sat there and I waited because I didn't want to miss the play. I just, it didn't click. I didn't register that all I had to do was hit the pause button because I'd never paused live TV before. And I think that ties into a lot of the reasons why technology tends to fail is because when you have technology that that wants you to, it forces you to, to adjust behavior. That's way more than introducing a new toy or a gadget because human behavior is incredibly difficult to change. I mean, you can go back in history. I mean, we talked about this a couple, you know, a little while ago, you know, penicillin. Okay, let's go to another, let's go to healthcare. Penicillin was invented and it took decades, literally decades for people to take it seriously. I mean, this thing was saving lives on day one and nobody really used it for a really long time. So technology adoption is not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. So how does that play into how we select investments. I, I mean, that, that's, that's the question, right? We see lots of this kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I tend to be optimistic about technology. I tend to look at it and go, oh my God, this is going to be huge. You know, how do, we, how do we use that to our advantage? What we do is, well, one, we, we, we're patient. Uh, I think we're probably more patient than most investors out there. Uh, but you, you kind of have to be patient uh, to, to capture some of those early on gains. Uh, one, two, you got to diversify because to your point, Mike, not everything is going to work. You know, no matter how good an idea is, it's going to get squashed by an 800 pound gorilla or people just aren't going to be into it, whatever it might be. So you got to diversify that risk. And the third thing we do is we pay a lot of attention to trends in things like venture capital. You know, where, where are the dollars going? I mean, a lot of times, you know, we, we've talked, I think in the last episode about following what other really good investors are doing. A lot of what we do here in terms of uh, some of the portfolios that we manage, uh, particularly on technology, is saying, okay, where are the venture capital dollars going right now? Where are the really smart people, people that are smarter than us and are the ones that are really creating green shoots in, these, in, in a lot of these different areas? Where are they putting their money? You know, uh, Look, I, I've been skeptical. I mean, well, I've, I'm a huge fan of crypto. I've been that way for a decade, but I'm very, I've been very skeptical on how this is going to play out going forward. But to be blunt, there's a lot of money, a lot of money and some incredibly smart people behind this thing. And when you have those two types of momentum generators in a theme or an idea, they're going to figure it out at some point. I don't know when, but they're going to. So that's, that plays into this idea of you just got to wait around sometimes a little bit longer than you want to. Also, I think, you know, when evaluating tech, I try to think, is this a cool gadget or is this going to fundamentally change something? So, so Mike, you brought up that coin. That's, it was a perfect example, yep. right? That thing was cool when it came out, but it wasn't fundamentally changing how we used credit cards, right? I mean, it was just a cooler credit card and it flopped. Apple Pay fundamentally changed how we pay for things. So it's a, it's a totally different, or Google Pay or, or whatever you want to use, right? It's, it's, a, it's a totally different space. Also a good example of, of slow adoption, right? How long Apple Pay has been totally. out for a long time and true to form, you know, as soon as it came out, I started using it and, and I found that I'd go into stores that would tell me they didn't accept it. And then I would try it on their little thing and it worked, right? They didn't even know, yeah, they didn't, that, even, they didn't know. even know it worked, right? It, it just, it, it took forever. Now it seems to be, you know, it seems to be everywhere, but a couple of, up as recently as a couple of years ago, I would say 70% of the places you went and said, no, we don't take it. Well, Mike, it, it ties into what you asked earlier about why does some technology fail? I mean, a lot of times it's just you know, network effects, right? Look, look at Apple Pay. 
you, know, you can download it on your phone very quickly, but then you got to get terminals and, and, and merchants to actually accept and use it. And I think that's the reason why adoption's taken so long. I mean, look, if somebody came out with a better Facebook tomorrow, that doesn't mean they're going to uh, you know, supplant Facebook. I mean, the, the, the networks around those, these, these incumbents are massive and they took many, many years to, to, to create. I think another thing is, and, and Tino, you mentioned this earlier, is there's a lot of technology. In fact, I would say the majority of technology is not you know, a household name. For example, I was just talking to a doctor friend of mine here in town, and he was super amped up about some new pill that they created. I, I don't really understand. It has some sort of technology inside the pill. So you swallow it, and it essentially goes through your entire digestive system. And it somehow collects data. It collects all kinds of data about what's happening inside your body. And then somehow it's retrieved via Wi-Fi, if I'm not mistaken. And it sort of alleviates the need for things like uh, CAT scans and uh, MRIs and things like that, right? So you no longer have to radiate your body in order to see what's happening inside. You just take a pill and two days later, you're good to go. I'm going to make another old school movie reference. It's Fantastic Voyage. Remember that movie? No, no one well, That's one I've never seen. <laughs> I'm, I think I've seen. It, I just don't remember it. I, they made like a. They made like an eighties. Yeah, it was a Saturday uh, morning cartoon in the eighties too, or yeah. seventies. But no, probably. and they made. Yeah, but I know Tino's going to know this because they they made a, a movie that was essentially that that movie. It was um, with uh, Rick Moranis. Uh, Inner space. That's it. I knew you would know. Oh, yeah. that was. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> the same movie. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, the, the the premise was you swallowed this pill, and inside the pill they shrunk down these little tiny people, little spaceships, and they all zoomed around inside your body and reported all kinds of stuff back. Yeah, well, now it's a reality. Yeah, yeah they're there. So how about technology that, that is sort of a household name, but you don't quite understand how it's going to work? For example, meta or the metaverse, right? I mean, I think at this point, everybody's at least heard of the metaverse, but how many people really understand what it is? And do you need to understand what it is in order to get involved? That one sort of falls into the NFT thing for me, right? I know it's yeah, it kind of does. I don't know how or why. My wife is a fashion designer and she's been thinking about creating her own line of clothing. And I said, you know, I think that you should sort of skip that and think about designing a virtual line of clothing because, you know, the metaverse is about to take off. And, you know, there's already been video games around for who knows how long, five, six years now, where you can buy essentially different clothing for your, your avatar, your character. They call them skins in the video game world. But I think that as the metaverse sort of evolves, I think, you know, it'll be just clothes, shirts and pants or whatever. So I said, you should figure out how to design this and you can start sort of selling virtual clothing in an online store. So this was three or four months ago. Sure enough, three days ago, I'm looking at Apple News and I see Ralph Lauren and Gucci are launching uh, online clothing, virtual clothing lines. You should have jumped on that, man. I mean, it's not too late. But I guess the point is, is, is right. I mean, I don't understand how the metaverse works. I don't really understand how to get involved. I, I don't really get it at the moment. You know, and I'm probably more in tune with that stuff than most. But I don't need to really understand how it works in order to understand that there's an opportunity. Now, how to implement it, that's, that's another story. This is a clothing company I buy some stuff from, and they're based in Europe somewhere anyway. So they, they, they ran this contest a couple months ago where you know, you'd get a free jacket or something if you were able to go on Decentraland and effectively fi- find their virtual store. But I don't play video games. I never do. And so I, I, I was not going to find this jacket, but I was because of the metaverse and all, I was curious. So I'll, I'll play around with it, see if I can I get in there and jump around a little bit. 
And it is. It feels like you're playing a video game. It's really weird. I obviously didn't come close to finding this jacket or this store, but this is something that, and they're a small company. I mean, I got to think that this is going to be the beginning of something bigger, but I'm with you guys. I look at this and I say from an investment standpoint, I'm not smart enough to figure it out. But again, when you think about it from, well, how do I attach myself to this investment thesis or whatever you want to call it? There are ways to do it. You know, there are ETFs out there now, thematic ETFs. We run a thematic portfolio, very similar, where we can invest in these on a thematic basis without having to pick the winners and losers. So Remy, I'm going to steal your line. What's our takeaway? Except you got the, the line wrong. Oh, did I? What's the line? Yeah. <laughs> What's the bottom line? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh my God. No wonder so, that technology hates Mike. Yeah, we'll cut that one out. All right. So what's the bottom line? How'd I do that time? <laughs> you got to say it better than that. Though. All right, Remy. So I'm going to steal your line. What's the bottom line? I think the bottom line is that if you go back and think about how much the world has changed over the past 10 years, it is about to do that exponentially faster going forward. And with all the craziness out there right now and all the ri- perceived risk for, from an investing standpoint that exists in markets today, if you can just focus on the fact that the world is going to change so much over the next decade that we probably won't even recognize it, that to me is the takeaway. If you're willing to be patient, I think there's a lot of opportunity for investors right now. For those of you who are intimidated, you don't have to be. You don't need to understand how the tech works to understand the opportunity. I think that's a great point, Remy. And I'll tell you that a lot of people that are working in these technologies don't even understand them either. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I was going with somewhere with that. Just, we can cut that. I guess my point is that, you know, a lot of people that are, well, look, it's like, again, going back to 2000, you think about all these people like pets.com, right? All these famous stories of these companies that went under. I mean, again, not dumb people. They were well-funded. They had a vision, but even they were wrong. And they were knee-deep in a lot of this stuff. So it's hard. It's really, really hard to know exactly how everything works and how everything is going to connect together going forward. But again, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to, to invest and participate in the growth going forward. Well said, Tino. This podcast is created and presented by Darwin Asset Management LLC and Darwin Advisors LLC, collectively referred to as Darwin. Darwin does not make any representation or warranties and therefore takes no responsibility as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information contained in this podcast. Any tax or legal information contained in this podcast is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The information presented does not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Information presented is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the securities mentioned here. 